Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl, it is right around the corner. It's only a couple of weeks away. And if you're looking for a place to bet on any of the other sports that's going on, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And don't forget, there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back into the pod. Got a very special guest here today. You might remember... This particular product from a couple uh, episodes of the pod a couple months ago. He is the head of PR for dugoutmugs.com, also a journalist, graduate of Central Florida, among many other things, and now Tampa Bay native. And I think they're kind of having a pretty good week right now down in Tampa Bay. It's Todd Grassley. Todd, thank you so much for joining the pod. How are you today? Joey, it's a pleasure to join you. And the buzz is, is definitely in the air in, in, in Tampa Bay. And we're calling it Tampa Bay after after the lightning and the race success. And hopefully the Bucs can bring home a, a Super Bowl championship uh, here in about two weeks. It's a great time to be down in Florida right now, for sure, if you are a sports fan. I'm so happy that you're joining the pod today. You've had such an interesting career, you know, sideline reporter, journalist, content writer, now working for PR for Dugout Mugs. Just kind of walk us through a little bit about your journey. You know, what what drew you to sports? What drew you to getting into journalism in the first place? And just tell a little bit about how you got to the place that you are today. I, th- I think that's that's a great story. And I think when, when I tell stories, you know, I always like telling them f- from the beginning and finding out that journey. And I think when I was a young child, I was a, I was a bat boy for my my brother's baseball team, and I, my mom always joked that you know I'd go talk to all the adults, and I like networking, and you know, I'd do some broadcasting of his games when I was was ten. Um, so so it really started from a young age. I was a bat boy for the Astros in, in spring training when they were in Kissimmee from from ninety nine to two thousand one, um, and I've always had a love for sports. Uh, I've always had a love for storytelling, journalism. Um, I'm pretty outgoing, as you can tell. Um, so all those things clicked. And, and, and when it came time to go to college, um, I went to the University of Central Florida, like you mentioned, um, home of the national champion football team. I, I know fans at Alabama might disagree, but we, we had a share of that title. I was there when they went 13 and 0. And, you know, it, it really, you know, my journalism love really blossomed at UCF. And after that, you know, I, I always thought, hey, I wanted to be on TV and, and be a sports anchor. And, and I was for a little bit. And then I realized, you know what? The only people who, who really wanted to see me on TV were my mom and, and my grandma and, you know, relatives. But at the core of, of, of journalism and everything else, it's about telling that story. It's about giving that football player or that track and field athlete that love and, and really showcasing their story. And, you know, that's kind of what was the start of really defining who I am as a journalist is, is that passion for storytelling. I just really enjoy that you like to look at just what's beyond the box score. And for a lot of fans out there, some fans prefer to keep it that way. There's some, sometimes they just like to think of their athletes and their stars as those people. But when you begin to pull the layers, it seems obvious, but it's so nuanced and so interesting when these people have lives and, and different dynamics and different sort of things that are driving them for their excellence in their particular field. And that is sports. And I, and I, I think that is, is the story component that, that really drives me is what are these athletes like beyond the gridiron, beyond the hardwood? 
Who are they as people? What are they passionate about? Do they have businesses? Do they have families? Well, what is that like? Because everybody can see how many touchdowns or how many interceptions Tom Brady throws. They can see how many tackles Shaq Barrett has. You can Google that. All of those things are, are things you can watch on an ESPN highlight. You can hear, uh, you can see on a Google search. What, what is beyond the athlete? And, and that's the stuff that fuels me that really I'm passionate about when it comes to storytelling is, you know, Jordan Burroughs, Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, but he's a father of, of three kids under five years old. That's incredible. Carlin Isles, the best rugby player in America, you know, grew up as a foster child. And, and, and now he's, he's the best athlete um, in his sport. You know, Matteo Mitchell, you know, had, had a devastating injury um, in the 2012 Olympics. And, and now he's trying for bobsledding and, and for track and field. He's trying to make the Olympic team in both sports. Like, that's incredible. That's the stuff that really drives me. Um, and, 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 you know, I've had the pleasure of, 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 of covering high school sports when I graduated from UCF. Um, I, you know, I worked at the NBC in Orlando and, you know, the footballs and the basketballs, those are the sexy sports, but it's the volleyballs and the soccer and the lacrosse and the track and field. Those are the kids and, and the athletes that are, you know, they, they're more appreciative when you come. Those other sports, they expect you to be there at those Friday night lights, at those marquee matchups. But those other stories are the ones that often don't get told. You look at the Olympics and you hear those those incredible stories every four years. Why do we not tell them more? I've always had this interesting theory, too, where I think this is a bit obvious and a bit across the board. But in my opinion, whether someone grows up and in their adult life enjoys sports is irrelevant. And I respect those that don't that say, you know what? I don't get golf. I don't like watching basketball. I'm obviously not on that side of the fence, but I respect that their their opinion is there. But the thing that they cannot take away is I think everyone is exposed to sports as a young child. We're all exposed to competition. We're all exposed to that team element. Whether you like it or not, like those experiences imprint on you in a little bit and sort of inform the person that you're going to be when you when you become an adult. When you think back, like when you're a kid growing up playing sports, you know, what do you think some of those things are that have, that have carried with you the rest of your life? Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that stick out is, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I, I wasn't a great athlete. But one thing that I had was, was passion and I was always enthusiastic and I was always you know, in a way, a, a rah-rah cheerleader kind of guy for the other teammates. And I think, you know, I, I was I was watching, you know, a, a video with Nick Swisher the other day, and he said, you know, in those locker rooms, even at the pro level, they, you know, you need that guy who's the glue guy, who keeps everybody together. You know, when things aren't going right, who says, you know, we're going to turn it around, let's have faith. And, you know, Tom Brady throws three interceptions last week, but he, he holds this team together. You know, and he's he's the glue guy. They respect him. They respect that leadership. And they know with, with 12 under center, down six or down 12 or down 21, they're still in this game because of his leadership. And I think those leadership qualities and that ability to kind of be the glue guy and, and really rally the troops up and, and get people passionate and fired up and motivated, I think that's one thing that I really took from, from my youth sports days. And now you're bringing it to dugoutmugs.com, doing excellent work for them. We're going to get to them in just a couple of minutes. I want to ask you another quick question. You wrote an awesome article very recently um, through this time, through quarantine, and it was just kind of a deep dive look at how athletes, now that they can't be on the court, now that they can't do what they love, just like us, have had to try different alternative methods of not just communication, but spending their time. 
And a lot of them have taken to social media. And, you know, we're going to look back on this time. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to make us very sad. But I also want to try and point at some of the things that are a little bit more in a positive light. And your article does a great job of doing that. And it seems like, uh, you know, athletes now are getting in touch with their fans and creating their brand in that way off the court more than ever right now. And that was an interesting observation on your part. And uh, do are you in agreement that that's kind of a positive that we're walking out of this with? Yeah, and, and I think in general, the grand scheme of, of, of this period that we're going in, right, and, and COVID-19 and all of this and the stay at home and the, the whole nine yards, it, it's, it's, it's very easy to, to get down, to get depressed. And I think my key word for 2020 and carrying over to 2021 was adapt. It's, it's easy to lay there and, and woe is me, the world's coming to an end, whatever the case may be. Or you can get off your butt and you can do something. You can adapt. You can change with the times. And for these athletes, you know, a lot of stuff is Zoom, but they're they're not they're not practicing. They're not at, at events. They're not out and about. And fans want to see what they're up to. And what is the best way to do that is to interact with them. Whether it's you know hopping on a cameo, whether it's doing videos on Instagram, whether it's you know doing giveaways on Facebook or Twitter or other social media channels. You know, this is an ideal opportunity, and I, I deal with some athletes as well, to build your brand, to engage with your audience, and, and really get them fired up and involved with what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, they go off the map, and they don't care, and you go off the map, and you don't care, and it takes a lot longer to build that back up than to continue that branding and momentum and engage with your fans. It's not hard to do, and I think, you know, you look at the Olympics – and, and those athletes we root for are the ones that we know their stories, the ones that we feel connected to. And I think the same goes for, for everyday sports is the, the athletes who are the fan favorites, you know, are most often the ones we see in the limelight. But these other ones have stories that are incredible that'll move you. I mean, I'm a UCF guy. Look at Shaquem and Shaquille Griffin. Their story is incredible. The fact Shaquem, Shaquem and, and, and how he was, you know, grew up and, and overcame obstacles and teams up with his brother in Seattle like that's incredible like you want to get behind those guys because you feel a part of their story you can relate you see that passion you see that journey you might know somebody who's in a similar boat and I think now more than ever is an excellent time for these athletes to continue to build that brand and pursue their passions not just on the field but off as well do you think and I think it's an excellent platform because athletes now get to take ownership of their own story like like you're talking about, they're not necessarily uh, relying on either an organizational structure or maybe even a journalist structure to get their story out. They can kind of take it on their own. But let's kind of weave it in with where do you think journalism is going moving forward? Do you think that social media and that kind of interaction hurts the journalist's job to get the story out? Or do you just think it's more of an ancillary, something, an added layer that just kind of goes out there to allow us to connect with some of the athletes and stars in the sports that we love? I think getting the word out there and telling stories is great no matter what the platform. I think, you know, great journalists find great stories. And I think sometimes when the athletes post those openness, post that openness on a public forum, it gives those journalists access and insights that they might not know. And, and for them, it's, it's, it's a great way to follow up and, and maybe expand on that story. You know, some of these athletes might not be the best content creators. That's why content creators and journalists have their jobs to tell those stories and expand on them. So I think, you know, the age of social media, 
um, and these athletes engaging with their fans is, is great for journalism. I don't think it takes anything away. I think it makes them more open. It makes it more accessible for journalists and for fans. And at the end of the day, like if they can share their stories, it promotes the sport, which promotes what we all are trying to do. Speaking of stories, you mentioned that uh, you grew up as a bat boy for the Houston Astros in the late 90s, right? Briefly, early 2000s. Is that correct? Absolutely. From 99 to 2001. 99 to 2001. Well, we also share that where I also got an opportunity to be a bat boy for a very uh, sh- a shorter stretch of time than you were able to to enjoy. Did you have Derek Bell? Was Derek Bell in the Astros at that particular time? It was Bell and Bagwell, Biggio, the Killer Bees, um, Lance Berkman as well. Um, lots of lots of great memories. I mean, I remember Bobby Cox, the Braves came to town and he made me go. Well, he didn't make me. I volunteered to get him coffee every inning. Um, and, and he thought that was the greatest thing. And Leo Mazzoni, the longtime pitching coach, you always rocking. And I said, you know, Lee, coach, I, I, I got to ask. Everybody always wants to know, like, why are you always rocking? And he looked at me and he goes, you know, I never really thought about that. He goes, I guess I always just have a good song in my head. So, you know, and, 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 and I mean, countless, countless memories. I remember going to uh, Legends Field in Tampa where the Yankees played um, Larry Durker and Jeff Bagwell and Yogi Berra. Uh, Alan Ashby, who at the time was working for ESPN, we're, we're all standing by home plate. I'm a 10, 11-year-old kid standing there and listening to them tell stories about how pitchers in the old days used to spit on the baseballs and put on pine tar and all this great stuff. And as we're leaving, Reggie Jackson comes in the locker room and signs a ball for me. I mean, just memories after memories. It was, it was really something that, that I'll never forget. Yeah, my experience was uh, was fairly similar. I was a little bit older at the time, but I bring up Derek Bell because I, I bat boyed for, I was at Wrigley Field with the Cubs. They put me in the visitors that I got with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Derek Bell, before the game, comes up to me, and he's got a laundry list of what he wants done. He had to have his batting gloves in a specific place at a specific time. So not just, I couldn't, it wasn't a set it, forget it situation. It was when he was in the hole, I had to put the batting gloves in a particular place. After he got in the on deck circle, I had to take his glove and put it on the post of when they exit to go out back out to the outfield. And he needed a specific set of, of donuts and different hitting things like ready for him. He was a very regimented fellow. Everyone else was really nice, but Derek Bell, I couldn't tell if he was giving me a hard time or that was just the way that he went about his business, but there was detail to it. And it was really interesting to get that inside perspective. I, di- I didn't have those interactions, but there were times when they would stick like the, the cups on my helmet or the inflatable, <laughs> the inflatable latex glove. Um, one time they put sand in my helmet. So I think, you know, they had a little fun with me as well. Yeah, and obviously uh, in the clubhouse, free food, always the best. I'll never forget that either. It was spring training, so ours consisted of, you know, pizza and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Gatorade. So, you know, we didn't have that gourmet Wrigley Field uh, spread, but but still nonetheless, you know, when you're 11 or 12, pizza is pizza. We got to get in. We got to talk about the excellent product dugout mugs in just a second, but we got to hear from one more sponsor real quick, and it's one of my favorite new sponsors With a new year comes tons of new big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts that you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 in combos. Perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. That is right, free shipping with that code. Try out the snack pack combo, mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. That was not in the clubhouse back in the day when we were bat boying, Todd. That was not happening. 
And every order, it's flash frozen, delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so, so, so much more. Again, head to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping Kansas City Steaks. Big games, big taste, big steaks. My mouth got watering a little bit there towards the end there, thinking about a steak. Yeah, I could do it at any time of the day, my friend, <laughs> any time of the day. So we were very lucky. We had Chris Dennert on the pod a couple of months ago talking about dugoutmugs.com. Let's just start here. It's an amazing product. I want to bring it back up again. How would you get involved uh, with this wonderful new memorabilia item right now in baseball? Yeah, with dugout mugs, we turn a baseball bat into a drinking mug. We have a 12-ounce dugout mug. We have a wine glass, a shot glass. Um, a, a season opener, bottle opener. Our knob shot is the shot glass with one ounce of your favorite uh, shots as well. And it's a it's a great product. But to me, even more so is this story behind it. And I know you know Chris kind of talked about the story, but Randall, who is our uh, our founder of Dugout Mugs, was a former minor league baseball player in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Didn't quite make the team. Went back to his alma mater, Florida Tech. Was a pitching coach. One of the other coaches was sawing off the ends of baseball bats. And Randall said, well, what if we just take the barrel and hollow it out? Could we drink out of it? And, you know, his baseball dream really led to an American dream. And, and Dugout Mugs is, is thriving despite the pandemic. We're, we're really blessed. Uh, you know, triple growth the last four years. Um, one of MLB's hottest selling products, officially licensed um, by MLB Hall of Fame Players Association, minor league baseball as well. Um, and we continue to push the envelope, you know, with, with, with different products, different partnerships. And, and part of that is, is giving back to the baseball community. And I think telling those stories is which really, what really excites me about being part of this team. Well, and it's such a modern, ingenious idea. It's a repurposed product. And, and of all the sports, you know, you go to a football game, you go to a basketball game, whatever it is. But when you go to a baseball game, there's something about it where it's the one sport you, where you want to take something home. Right. You're always either taking home maybe the program or the game score. Why do you bring a myth to the game? Because you hope you catch a foul ball. And now dugout mugs is actually a piece of the game that you can take home with you and have a delicious beverage out of it. It's kind of it's a it's a pretty win-win situation. Yeah, hot, hot or cold beverage. Either way, it's the best way to enjoy your favorite beverage and, and feel like you're at the ballpark. You know, like I said, MLB officially licensed. You can get any team's logo. And what's really cool, especially you know, now with Valentine's Day coming up, you can put your own photo on, on a mug. So if you wanted your own, you know, Joey mug with, with your face on it and, and, and send it to your mom or, or a girlfriend or whoever the case may be, you can do that. And, and, and it, it's a great keepsake item, you know, to celebrate those special occasions, those loved ones in your life. Um, and we also have a Valentine's Day uh, collection, dugoutmugs.com slash Valentine's. It's our hearts and laces collection. So the baseball lover in your life who you love, who also loves baseball can get the best of both worlds. That's amazing. And also uh, with the customize, which is such a cool, amazing new technology that you're putting onto the mug. Yeah. You can get anything on there from yeah. Phrases, letters from loved ones, your own picture, picture of your loved one, or maybe just a picture from a famous sports memory that you've ever had. I asked Chris this a couple of months ago is have you, have you ever seen what's like the wildest one that you've seen? I mean, they must get the request to get on the mugs. There's got to be a threshold, right? There's got to be a standards and practices. You can't just put anything there on the mug, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've we've seen some wild ones, as you would imagine. But I think overall, there's a, there's a lot of of logos, uh, MLB logos for favorite teams, obviously. 
but the ones are, are, you know, that picture of that father and son at the ballpark leaning on the fence or, you know, the husband uh, that, that writes, I love you to his wife. Um, or the ones we do for charity for, you know, Lance McCullers Foundation or David Ortiz Children's Fund. We're working with them on a Super Bowl event. Uh, Mariano Rivera, we've done a lot of work with them. Um, you know, people like that, just to, just to have those stories and be a part of, of those organizations and giving back. You know, we, we just did one uh, for the Robert Luongo ALS Foundation, and they're doing a special event um, to raise money for ALS with uh, Roger Maris's kid. Uh, Mickey Mantle's son and Yogi Berra's son and we have a, a picture of all three of the those Yankee legends on one mug and it says strike out ALS I mean it gives me goosebumps just talking about it like that's this stuff that pumps me up like yes we have a cool product yes they're amazing but those stories those ability to give back hearing somebody say you know I bought one for my husband and he absolutely loves it it's got a picture of our kids another customer has uh, went to all 30 ballparks and they got each uh, a picture of each stadium, the, the father and the son. And on the back, it had the date and the ballpark. That stuff, that's what gets, that's what gets me fired up. That's what makes me bleed passion and want to come to work, you know, and, and give a hundred percent every day. And it's an actual bat people. This bat was actually used in rotation of the sport that you love in major league baseball, which even makes it more of a unique collector's item. And look, the thing also, when you go to the website, it is player approved. Um, there are plenty of former players that not just have the product, but really, truly enjoy the product. And I do want to hear about this um, this David Ortiz charity event that you have coming up right now. It's coming up right around the corner. It's on February 6th. And it's a it's an excellent event, especially for children in need. Absolutely. This uh, February 6th, it's Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl. Um, supercelebritieshootout.com. The, the event is called the Super Celebrity Shootout, co-hosted by David Ortiz and Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Chris will not be there because he's got prior engagements trying to host that, that championship trophy. Um, but he, he, he will be uh, making a video. He will have Tom Brady and some of uh, his Buccaneers teammates as well. And, and, and the money goes to a great cause. It goes to the David Ortiz Children's Fund which we do a lot of work with as well. The work they do is absolutely incredible, um, providing, uh, you know, life-saving transplants uh, for kids in need. You know, to put it in perspective, if, if these kids didn't get these surgeries, they didn't get these funds, they wouldn't be here. And that's incredible work. That's a, a testament to David. And, and then Chris Godwin, his foundation, the Team Godwin Fund, equally is amazing. Uh, they give a second chance at life to, to animals, um, puppies in need and whatnot, um, and two great causes. We're going to have over 50 athletes and celebrities uh, from, from the NFL world, from Major League Baseball, uh, movies and music. I know Ryan Cabrera, Chris Kirkpatrick, uh, Johnny Damon, uh, Titus O'Neil, the wrestler, is going to be there. Dexter Jackson, the Super Bowl MVP, the last time the Bucks won, he'll be there as well. Um, food, drinks, um, dugout mugs will be there. We'll have uh, game day vodka. Uh, tons of food, tons of drink. Uh, the price of admission includes all that. Um, you can also sponsor a bay and golf with five or six of your friends or uh, our premium sponsorship includes a celebrity athlete. Um, everybody can check that out. Supercelebritieshootout.com, February 6th, 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. at Top Golf in Tampa. And, and, and more amazing than the event is these charities that, that these folks will benefit by being a part of it. You know, it's not easy for the way that the average fan, someone that doesn't you know, get deep into sports can really connect to an athlete. And it's easy to look at athletes sometimes and say, hey, these guys make 
a ton of money. I can't connect with these people. But do you feel like there's so many amazing athletes, you know, former, current, that do so many amazing things that, you know, give back to the community? And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Do you think the average fan is aware of how much these athletes do care about bettering the community around them? Or do you think that's a bit of an undersold aspect of the sports athlete experience? I think it's absolutely undersold. I think a lot of athletes don't really put it out there, you know, and, 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 and some don't want all of that attention, even though it's deserved. I think when you look at, you know, the folks we work with, the Marianos, the Albert Pujols, David, Lance McCullers Jr., Al, uh, Joe Smith and Allie LaForce and their, and their charity work, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of great athletes, you know, not just in baseball, but throughout the sports world that are giving back, that are giving tens and thousands of dollars. This event that we're hosting on, on Saturday the 6th, we're going to raise six figures, over $100,000 for the David Ortiz Children's Fund and Team Godwin Fund Foundation, excuse me. That's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of lives. That's a lot of animals that we're going to help out, that we're going to impact. And, and we're not the only ones doing this. There's, there's countless events. And I think, you know, that's part of, you know, the branding initiative for these athletes is the minute an athlete does something wrong, it's all over. And the PR is, is terrible. And from a PR perspective, we need to get more of these stories out there, more of these athletes, what they're doing in the community, what they're doing off the field. We need to promote that more and more and tell those stories and I think, you know, I think fans, I think it's better for the athletes, it's better the fans, and it's better for these organizations in the community. Typically, we're always going to focus on the athlete when they mess up, when he or she breaks the law, when he or she cheats, or something that is salacious and gossip worthy. But is it fair to ask the question that is the modern athlete now more in tune with what we're talking about right now, charitable events? you know, doing the right thing, getting involved in the community, being out there, being the right kind of role model for people moving forward. Is the modern athlete more aware of that and have that intelligence that maybe the previous athlete never had more than ever now? In this day, uh, an age of social media where a bad tweet or, or a bad message or an inappropriate video is, is, is crucial. And we've seen it from broadcasters, from journalists to athletes, the whole gamut, celebrities, a, a bad tweet, a misstatement, regardless of what they meant is, is disastrous. So I think in that regard, yes, they're, they're more aware, but I also think that it's not everybody is doing it. And, 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 and whether that's, you know, the time commitment or, you know, pr priorities in other places, you know, not everybody has a charity, not everybody has a foundation, not everybody gives back, but we need to highlight those that do. And it's about breaking stigmas, right? And those things take time. And of course, the average fan isn't necessarily going to know all the details and minutia. You know, the easy example that a lot of people bring up is the NBA. If you roll it back 20 years ago, the Portland Jailblazers, for example, you know, a lot of people in the NBA, a lot of athletes, maybe not necessarily handling the price of fame with aplomb or maturity uh, to be generous about it. But I'm just looking at it now and the NBA, the stars, they're younger than ever. Um, I think that they carry themselves for that particular age with a type of maturity that I think is very admirable. And I think that they're becoming excellent stewards of the game. I just look at someone like Steph Curry, you know, a guy who 
you know, doesn't necessarily need to pick and parcel what he says. I just think he is naturally a good dude. And I think he naturally is driven uh, and inspired towards other people that are in need. And I just think we're seeing more of the athlete of Steph Curry than maybe some of the athlete that, you know, we would make a cliche about, you know, the greedy athlete that doesn't care about the casual fan. I think that's slowly being, uh, you know, being rooted out just a little bit. And it's kind of moving a little bit closer to this more modern athlete that, you know, gets involved in the community. David Ortiz, for example, I mean, this is a guy that I think is transcending what I'm saying right now between the two eras. But I think the the, the modern athlete's more conscious than ever. And, and, and it, it all goes back to they get it, right? They're, they're getting the impact of social media and their influence. And that, to be honest, people are watching them 24-7. Not just Steph Curry on the court, not just David Ortiz on the ball field, but what they're doing outside of it as well. They're under a microscope. And, and, and they realize that that spotlight and that limelight, after the lights and after the, the competition goes down, it continues and they have to carry themselves in that way because if they don't, it's disastrous. And, and, and I think they're also seeing that need that to, to engage, to, to be a part of the community and want the community to support them, they have to engage and give back as well. It's a two way street. We've got a little thing called the Super Bowl coming up right now. Want to maybe start off that conversation with this. What would be bigger for Tampa Bay, the good patrons of Tampa Bay, a Tampa Bay Rays World Series or a Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl? You know, I, I think with all of the eggs that, that the Buccaneers put in their basket this year, I mean, you look at Brady, you look at Gronk, you look at Antonio Brown, you look at Leonard Fournette, you know, all the, the moves that they made to get to this spot, this is, this is kind of, they're all in. And I think to have the Buccaneers – not, I mean, they made history already. The, the first team to ever host a Super Bowl in, in their backyard and, and play in the same game. And that's incredible as it is. But I think Brady at 43, the acquisitions, the game in your backyard, I think this would be incredible. I think, you know, the Buccaneers is, is where everybody's focus is right now. And I think, you know, I think the Rays winning a World Series would be impressive. But I think the buy-in all around and – the storylines behind that aren't as exciting as it is with this year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. If Brady can pull off a Buccaneers Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa Bay, what does this, where does this take him on the, in the Tampa Bay depth chart, if you will, you're a Tampa Bay resident. I mean, this doesn't shoot him past Warren Sapp, but does this get him past Hardy Nickerson, Evan Longoria? Where would he go immediately into Tampa Bay sports lore? In football lore, there's no argument. He's the greatest of all time. Obviously, he comes in with that stature on his shoulders. And I think what he did for this town and this program and and this franchise, really getting them to believe in everybody to click on all cylinders. We we, we talk about Tom Brady as, as the athlete, and, and he threw three interceptions last week. The, the defense was, was, was awesome. And I think Tom Brady isn't just an amazing player, the greatest of all time but he elevates those all around him to be the greatest. And, and Bruce Arian said in, in a press conference, you know, Bill Belichick didn't let Tom Brady coach. I know a good leader, you know, I, I know leadership when I see it. And, and if he wants to, to help coach, who am I to say no? And I think when you look at that all-time list, just the impact he had on the guys around him, you, you have to bring him near the top. And the fact that he brought – uh, you know, is, is on the verge of bringing a Super Bowl championship. 
there's not many guys that have done that. And so he's got to be right up there in that conversation. In your opinion, what do you think perhaps right now today is the biggest key that the Buccaneers are going to have to do to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at the Chiefs offense, I mean, they're fast. You know, I come from a track and field background. Tyreek Hill was, was the number one sprinter in high school when he was in high school. I was there when he ran his personal best in Orlando. I thought um, you were going to say, he reminds me of me uh, growing no, up. <laughs> um, I remember he had this, this beast, like literally his, his singlet said beast, super jacked. And I think he ran a, a 20 point low and a 10 one nine. And, you know, McCole Hardman is, is a track and field guy from Georgia. I mean, when you, when you think of the chiefs, they're fast, you know, Mahomes, you look at Mahomes versus Brady, it's, it's the changing of the guard, you know, in, in, in 10, 15, 20 years, we might be talking about Mahomes knocking on the door of some of the things that Brady has done. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, 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 it's the defense, you know, they've been, they've been very good as of late, the Bucks defense, you know, can they slow down this chiefs offense and, and, and on the offensive side of the ball, the ball, you know, the Bucks have to score and, and score quickly, you know, you don't want to play catch up against this chief's offense. That's the last thing you want to do. So, you know, the Bucks defense has to hold them and, and, and the Bucks offense, Tom Brady and company has to put up points uh, relatively early. I know last year, you know, I covered the Bucks for Fubo TV and, and Bruce Arians, you know, always said, we're, we're the nicest team in football. Everybody comes to our house and we spot the other team 14, you know, 17 points right off the bat. Nobody else does that. They can't do that. They can't spot the chief's points early if they want to stay in this game, because, you know, we know that the Chiefs can put up points. We've still got a couple of days till the big game, but you're bringing up some great points. One of the things that I'm thinking about heading into the game, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. I think that's going to be a big issue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, you know, protecting the edges with his speed. One area where I do think they might have advantages, I love the speed of your linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. I mean, I think those are, those are elite speed linebackers in the NFL. So I'm curious, can they maybe slow down Travis Kelsey? Can they take maybe a, the middle of the field away from, you know, Kansas City just a little bit and make them work those edges? And then you're going to have to see how, you know, your cornerbacks and your secondary, there's a little bit of a health issue right now. There's still a lot of days to see whether they're going to be in there or not. And I'm from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, with the Buccaneers, you're exactly right. We might be seeing more fourth downs than we uh, probably are accustomed to because they, if they are in that gray area, I think they're going to be passing on those 35 yard field goals. And I think they're going to be going and trying to score touchdowns. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one thing we saw in, in Bruce Arians, you know, one of his sayings is no risk it, no biscuit. And I think you're going to have to live a little dangerously. You're going to have to take some chances. And I think, you know, the Bucks are really good at that. And, you know, Andy Reid on the chief sideline, he's great at that as well. You know, putting the, the ball in the hands of their offense and, and not really making, you know, a ton of safe plays. If it's fourth and two, fourth and three, let's, let's no risk it, no biscuit. Let's go for it. And you mentioned Kelsey, you know, the, the, the chiefs, they, they've got a slew of playmakers, you know, who do you stop? Do you stop Tyree kill? Do you, do you try to contain Patrick Holmes? Do you, you try to lock in on Travis Kelsey and, and the Bucks secondary Antoine Winfield, you know, Sean Murphy Bunning, those guys have been really, really good this year, but this is, this is an offense. That's, that's one of the best in, in, in all of football. How do you slow them down? And, and what is that test going to be like for those cornerbacks against Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in the NFL? And, and Tyreek Hill, 
you know, he'll, he'll tell you until the cows come home, the fastest player in the NFL. And, you know, look, I don't blame you. You're, you're in the Tampa Bay area. You're a Tampa Bay resident. I think you'd be rooting for the Buccaneers. But just on my side, just sort of breaking this game down, this might be my favorite Super Bowl matchup of all time. You know, typically when you go in there, I'm a Bears fan, so I don't often see my Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. So I always have to pick and parcel what I want out of my own personal Super Bowl each and every year. But this one is so fascinating because if Brady wins, I'm cool with it. I personally, I love greatness. I love, I love, you know, the all timers going for it and just adding another, you know, another stack of accolades or achievements onto their resume. So if Tom wins, I mean, he gets that seventh one. He further extends himself as the GOAT. And for another year, he's the 43-year-old who still kind of owns the NFL. That's a great storyline. But on the other side, I'll be real with you. If Mahomes pulls it out, I'll be happy too. That's another great story. That is the guy. He is the next Brady. He's the next guy winning back-to-back Super Bowls, getting a second ring. And in very much, you know, I think you can appreciate this in a journalism, you know, terms. He's literally taking the torch from Tom Brady and walking forward and ushering in a new era of the NFL, the Patrick Mahomes era. I just don't, I can't see a situation where this game doesn't end without great and cool, fascinating things to talk about. Yeah. And I I think that's the buzz in Tampa. And I think, you know, with everything that's going on, I think this is exactly what we need. You know, we need, we need sports. I think it brings people together. It gives people something to cheer about. It gives excitement and passion. And, and, and I was on a podcast, you know, a couple of months ago and and they asked, you know, Todd, what do you love most about sports? And, And it was, that it brings everybody together. You know, it's, it's that passion. It's that energy. We can root for a team. We have that camaraderie. We have those stories growing up. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. And I think this Super Bowl is going to be super exciting. And, you know, all the events aren't going to be like they were before. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's virtual. But I think whether you're watching it for $10,000 a ticket in Raymond James Stadium or you're sitting on your couch, you know, for $10 eating pizza and, and your favorite beverage out of a dugout mug, Whatever the case may be, you hit it on the head. Like you couldn't of of the NFL couldn't have asked for a better pairing of Super Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of Tom Brady haters, but there's a lot of people who say, you know what, this guy did it the right way. He's a great person. He leads by example. And, and my wife told me the other day, you know, like how much, you know, how much money does Tom Brady make? Do you think he'd be doing this if he wasn't making millions? And I was like, Tom Brady could care less about the money. I go, he's doing this because he has that championship mindset. He's a winner. He wants to win. And as long as he thinks he can go out there and win ball games, he's going to play for two more years, three more years. And to see on the other side of the ball, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who won it all last year, who's, you know, in the prime of his career and, you know, was probably five years old when Brady won his first Super Bowl, wasn't, wasn't that old, you know, to see these guys go head to head and then to see, you know, guys like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, who's, who's making a name for himself at the running back position and, you know, all these great storylines and, you know, Mahomes, just like Brady, you watch him on the, on the, on the commercials, you know, just seems like a good dude that you want to root for. And I think, you know, these are two great teams with great fan bases and it's going to be a great, a great game. You know, we're going to see points put on the board. We're going to see, you know, great defensive performances as well. And, you know, I, I'm I'm excited, and I know the whole city of Tampa is, is pumped and fired up for February 7th. Yeah, we're always going to try and create villains, right? That's just a part of uh, the fabric of who we are as, as a human culture, and that definitely bleeds itself into sports. But for the haters of Tom Brady, it's almost just like, well, how many Super Bowls does the guy got to win? 
And for anyone, you know, who says anything about the money, I mean, Tom Brady's 43. He's not hard up for cash. And I'm with you at this point now. And, and that's where there is another low level respect thing that, you know, as a Bulls fan, I hated LeBron for years, but after a while, you just have to respect the legacy and respect what he does. Cause he's just like Tom Brady. He's just like, Hey, how long can I do this for at this level? And I want to be one of the first people to truly test that limit. Literally was having this conversation with my wife last night. He's 43 right now. He's going to a Super Bowl. He's going to be 44 in August. At this point right now, I think he's going to try and play till he's 47. He's at least going to play next year. And I could probably put it at 85% chance that he does the year after that. And then who knows what happens at this point right now. I, I think he might be around for a little bit longer. I, I think he's got three or four years left him. And at the very least, he's going to try and do that. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, I mean, like you said, you, you, people love him and people hate him, but you respect a guy that puts his body on the line at 43 years old. And I mean, his wife makes more than he does. He, he's, he's not in this for money, um, you know, to go out there and just, you know, learn a new system, learn a new group of guys, build that camaraderie and, and want to bring home another championship. And that passion, that fire that he has, like him or hate him, that's inspiring. And to be a human being about it, I think after 20 years of being the humble soldier for the New England Patriots, the guy who's, hey, I'm the quarterback of this team, but I'm equal with all my teammates and playing that game for a while. I think we can give the guy a couple of years later on his career of going to an organization where they open up the door and they go right this way, Mr. Brady. And like someone's sitting in his seat in the film room and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. And like, you know what I mean? Just I think. I think it is also is also very nice to be given the, the red carpet treatment. And there has got to be an element of that that he's probably enjoying at, with his time in Tampa, too, as well, I would guess. Absolutely. And, and, and like you said, it's it's well deserved. Right. You know, the, the respect that he's he's earned and he's given by his teammates and, and people in the city. You know, I, I think anybody who puts in that that amount of work and, and does it at a high level for so long, no matter what. You know, whether it's a teacher or, or, or the quarterback of an NFL team, I think they deserve that respect. Todd Grassley, the head of public relations for dugoutmugs.com. Todd, such a pleasure, man. We've been, obviously, we've been trading uh, messages on LinkedIn for quite a while. I was so happy to have Chris Dennert on to talk about Dugout Mugs a couple months ago. And look, it's just a product that I like a whole lot. I think it's such a cool, ingenious idea. And again, a piece of the game that you get to take home and also a beverage that you could possibly put in that piece of the game and enjoy too as well. So I'm always happy to talk about it. Just before we get out of here, um, please, again, just plug whatever you'd like to say about dugoutmugs.com and also let the good people know about that charity event with David Ortiz coming up February 6th. Absolutely. If you're interested, baseball lover in your life, Valentine's Day right around the corner, dugoutmugs.com. We have our hearts and laces collection, which has the laces of a baseball bat and a heart as well. Um, combine those two loves dugoutmugs.com MLB licensed. You can make photo mugs, custom mugs with handwritten notes, whatever you want to be. Um, that is all right there make a great gift for the baseball lover in your life. And then, like I said, we're, we're always trying to, to get involved with the community. Um, February 6th, it's the Saturday night before the Super Bowl. top golf in Tampa, uh, for the super celebrity shootout co-hosted by David Ortiz and Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers. Uh, All the proceeds are going to go to the David Ortiz Children's Fund and the uh, Team Godwin Foundation, um, saving lives, saving animals, two excellent causes uh, that these athletes have put their name behind and and, and really, really value. Um, Still tickets available, uh, open bar, 
food, uh, swag bags for those in, um, who want to play. Um, you can play with a celebrity. You can sponsor a bay. Uh, whatever you want to do, um, great cause. Um, that's supercelebrityshootout.com. Proceeds going to the David Ortiz Children's Fund and Team Godwin Foundation. So across the board, um, definitely uh, love what I do for Dugout Mugs, helping get out our story, uh, the Dugout Mugs story, as well as, you know, the great work we're doing in the community um, and, and, and with baseball fans as well. You know, it's, it's really part of, you know, it's really a team effort. Um, you know, those in the dugout that support us, um, whether it's the athletes, the people who buy our product, you know, our internal personnel. And, and it's a great company. Um, and, and we just happen to have a great product as well. Todd, as a as one former bat boy to another former bat boy, such a pleasure having you on Believe in Batting Chicago today. Thank you so much. And uh, I would really love to be able to bring you back sometime soon. Definitely appreciate it. And uh, make sure you don't have any uh, gloves or, or uh, cups the next time you go outside, all right? <laughs> yes, that sounds like a plan. Todd Grassley with DugoutMugs.com. Thank you so much for listening to the pod today, everyone. This is Believe in Betting in Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head to BetOnline.ag in a couple weeks for a little thing that we call the Super Bowl if you want to get your beak wet. And also Kansas City Steaks. KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day. And I don't know what you're saying. Hey, I don't want to pay, pay for shipping. Well, guess what? BLEAV will get you free shipping for a great $25 pack combo. So make sure you check that out. This was Betting Chicago. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a lot more great Super Bowl content. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.